Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mr. McHale's Manner of Mischief, Magic, and Mystery, the podcast where we talk about music, the occult, and just day-to-day life. I am your host, Andrew McHale, and welcome to the 6M Podcast. And we're back. Hope everyone is doing okay out there admits the craziness that just keeps getting crazier as time goes on. I hope you all are staying safe and staying sane. I am doing my best, as always. And unfortunately, this week, we are not joined by the lizard. Sorry to all of those that are waiting for that episode to drop. But I'm thinking of changing up the format of the podcast just a little bit just because I'm trying I'm trying out some new things, okay? Can I try can I try this out? Is that okay with you guys? I don't know. But basically my plan and this could change pretty much based off of how it's received is to do a solo podcast one week and then the other week either have the lizard on or invite some friends or music industry folk or, you know, tour buddies or road dogs, whatever you want to call them on the podcast. And I'm just trying some different stuff out. I don't know if you guys have an opinion. I would love to hear it because I'm not getting much feedback, unfortunately on, you know, changes to the podcast that I've been making or anything like that. So if you guys can, please head to our Facebook group on Facebook. It is called Mr. McHale's Manner of Mischief, Magic, and Mystery, the podcast. That is the name of the Facebook group. It is an exclusive group. So if you're a listener, head over there, join the group. I'll accept you. And then we can start talking to each other and you guys can ask your questions where I can actually see them. You can submit your band for a feature there. We could do all kinds of cool stuff via the group. Because honestly, guys, I don't want to make a Facebook page. Don't make me make a Facebook page, please. I don't want to make an Instagram account. But if I have to, I guess I have to. But so far, this podcast, and it's pretty impressive how well it's doing, considering it's all word of mouth and just socials, which is fucking awesome. So, as always, guys, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, please check out all the episodes before it. Uh, We're in the middle of quarantine, lockdown, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I know you guys got the time. And I got the time to keep making them for you. So, um, just a side note, being that I'm the singer-guitarist of Serpents U.S., and I use this podcast as a jumping point for all news uh, concerning serpents. Uh, everything is business as usual. Unfortunately, we have no shows to promote, uh, no album coming out. But uh, because of whatever is happening in the world, we kind of took a chill pill with you know trying to sell merch and sell CDs and sell, sell, sell. So if you guys want to win some stuff for free, Head to our Instagram, at Serpents Metal. 
We're running a giveaway this week to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the recent album, well, our most recent album, Temet Nose. So if you want to win some free shit, head over there and follow the instructions and you could win, you could win some free stuff as opposed to paying for it. I don't know why you guys don't want to do that. So head over there, do that, and just listen to us on Spotify. That's all I ask. Literally, I'm trying to give away merch to you guys, and all I ask is just to listen to the music because that is the purpose of the band. We make music. We're not a merch company. That's what I think is a little lost these days amongst uh, my peers, but I get it. Hey, not everybody is a self-sustained machine right now, okay? So if you guys want to help out or if you guys just want to listen to some cool music that you probably haven't heard before, check out Serpents US and uh, throw us on a playlist or something. Jesus, come on now. But um, that's it for announcements with the Serpents Camp. Uh, Stay tuned for that Slayer cover coming soon as we work on new material. So it's going to be some time before you guys hear anything brand new from us. Unfortunately, uh, when when you make symphonic death metal, death core, black metal, metal, whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, takes a lot of time to create, and uh, we have just begun uh, album number four, so hang tight on that, okay? But onward to this episode. So basically, I'm changing it up, as I said earlier. Um, I'm going to be answering a question, a listener-based question. Uh, I'm not going to be announcing people's names. Just out of privacy concerns, uh, I've been reading some articles and trying to, basically I'm trying to up the ante with the podcast and I've been finding out that uh, people really don't like it when you, uh, whatever, state their name and their question. So I'm just going to roll right through and answer the question. And the question is, what, which album changed your life? Basically, I think the, the, what the question is actually asking is which album turned you on to metal? So the answer to that is Soulfly's uh, self-titled album. I believe the one from 1998. Maybe even the Digipack version. I don't know. I think both of them. I mean, they're both the same album. Except for the Digipack came with... Uh, an extra CD of remixes and live shit. But anyways, I'm getting off track. So that is the album that changed my life for the better or worse. Without that album, I probably wouldn't have got into metal because it came into my life at a very crucial time. Uh, just to paint the picture for you guys because this this podcast is just going to be a short one so hang in there but to paint the picture for you guys you know as a kid um my parents you know big music heads uh whether we were in the car whether we were in the house whatever 
um, my parents would usually blare music or, or if the TV was available, I would be in the living room watching MTV all day, every day. Well, pretty much not, well, not all day. You know, I liked the Simpsons and stuff like that, but, um, the Simpsons and movies and stuff, but I'm getting off track. Um, <laughs> basically I would watch MTV all day, every day. And you know, with that, that, well, back in the day, I sound old. Well, back in the day, they actually played music instead of just reality TV shows with music as the background. Um, so, you know, they would play rock, they would play metal, they would play hip hop, country, well, rock, country, I don't know, like Tom Petty and shit, so classic rock maybe, I don't know what you would call it, but, uh, so yeah, they would play all kinds of shit, and unfortunately, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the grunge movement, and since we're talking the 90s, uh, that was prevalent um, on the, on the airwaves and on the radio waves, you know, Nirvana, uh, Nirvana, 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 no, I'm just kidding, but I was never really a big fan of grunge, um, it was only till later in my life that I got turned on to, like, Allison Chains and stuff like that, but at that time, I was mainly just enamored by stuff like Danzig and Metallica and you know it also helped that my parents well mainly my dad uh, validated that liking towards them that type of music you know because my dad would blare Metallica and he would be like this this is what you this is what music is you got to play music like this because I always wanted to well not always but I think around that time I was destined to play metal or music in general so you know between that you know trl or headbangers ball or mtvx or mtv whatever you know i got turned on to stuff like limbiscuit um pod i don't know was pod around then i don't know but you know limbiscuit was huge back then and you know with metallica from my dad journey or scorpions from my mom you know my parents listening to industrial shit like ministry uh 80s shit disco shit um i just got a whole cocktail of weird tunes and cool harmonies and whatever but uh you know Limp Bizkit was all the rage because, you know, hip-hop was huge at that time. I think it was like DMX was really big at that time, or like Rough Riders and shit like that. So, you know, I was taking in so much music, and I think we're talking, I was in elementary school, and uh, Limp Bizkit was like the closest thing to be like, oh, this is everything, but it's mine, you know? But, you know, as kids do, you know, they go to school and they talk with their friends and they're trying to fit in. So as a kid, you know, I had this one friend, I'm not going to name him, but, uh, 
you know, we would always go tit for tat. You know, I would go to school and be like, hey, have you heard this? And he'd be like, yeah, that, sh- that shit sucks. Well, to use his words, he would always be like, that's gay. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, that's gay. This is better. You don't know shit until you heard this. And I'm, and please, if you guys have had a friend like this in your life, let me know because I think this guy was one of a kind. (laughs) We're still friends to this day. Obviously our relationship is a little bit different, but you guys get the picture. But yeah, he was always like, yeah, that's gay, blah, blah, blah. So I remember showing him Limbiscuit. And he was like, whatever. He's like, have you heard Soulfly? And I'm like, what's Soulfly? He's like, you're gay. I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, no, I've never heard of it. He's like, yeah, go listen to it before you talk to me or something like that. And being a Middle Eastern kid, you know, I didn't have access to, you know, a CD, what what. I think it was whatever that mail service back then where you would pay like $20 and you would get like a hundred CDs in the mail throughout the year. I forgot what it was called. Uh, if you guys remember that head to the Facebook group and drop a line, but uh, yeah, like I didn't have that cash. My parents didn't have that kind of money to throw around. So what I would do as a kid uh, I would get rides to the library at least four to five days out of the week uh, because I had to tag along with my parents to work uh, after school because they didn't trust me to be alone, <laughs> which honestly um, became a huge character building experience because while I was at my parents' work, you know, I think at the time my mom she worked in like the cafeteria at like venture or target or i don't remember what it was called and i would sit in the booth all night until my mom got off of work and you know i would do my homework or you know i have horrible attention span problems that was never diagnosed thanks uh if you guys can't tell but uh i would read magazines or look at pictures pretty much and um back then you know you could go to the magazine stand and you would find circus hit parader uh like metal maniacs uh kerrang so basically i would sit and just thumb through all these magazines because i was like oh limp biscuit i gotta check this out and then you would see like pictures of west borland a uh, puddle of mud. Mm, we all see how that one panned out. Um, Metallica, Slipknot, and um, yeah. So basically, when I would read these magazines, I would write down which bands looked cool. Weird, right? And um, <laughs> I would go to the library with my list, and I would check out CDs or dvd or not i think dvds might have been around i don't remember we didn't have a dvd player we had a vhs player but so i would go to the library and rent cds secretly behind my mom's back so when that happened you know i i would check out all the rap stuff that i couldn't listen to uh 
I would check out, you know, uh, Black Sabbath or Ozzy. I remember, you know, because my parents are Middle Eastern, so I, they weren't keen on this devil shit. So I would secretly go rent Iron Maiden. Uh, I remember I got Ozzy's Osmosis, stuff like that. And how I got into Limbiscuit, so I was like, oh, $3 bills at the library. So I rented that. Now you're up to speed. Great. So, you know, once he told me, like, you got to listen to Soulfly, you know, I started seeing pictures of Max Cavalera in these magazines, right? And I think when the album came out, the library didn't have it. And I was really bummed about that. But then I read some article that showed that Fred Durst was on one of these tracks from that Soulfly record, and the song was called Bleed. And I remember reading an interview about him, like, oh, I have to hear this, I have to hear this. So I requested from the library, hey, can you guys get this album in? And thankfully, uh, it was a Roadrunner CD. So I waited, what, two, three weeks? And uh, eventually I got a call saying, hey, you're... CDs in, you want to come rent it? I'm like, yes. Or, well, they called my parents or whatever. So, I ended up getting my hands on the album. And as someone who really didn't dive into that part of metal, um, I was blown away. It was something I've never heard before. I don't know if you guys have heard the record, but uh, if you haven't, go check it out. Um, just the sound and the rawness of the album as a kid just blew me away. And I was one of those kids that like walked around with a CD player or a mini disc player or a tape player all day, every day. So, you know, I even went to concerts with the CD player because I wasn't interested in hearing, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which now I'm like, damn, I should have fucking paid attention. But, um, you know, with the guitars being low-tuned and just fucking crunchy but heavy, the drums, I think Roy Mayorga, I think he plays in Stone Sour now, his drumming was like, oddly tribal and really groovy and the fucking snare just popped through your headphones uh just groove 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 and not to mention you know, the lyrics the lyrics were approachable i'm not saying the lyrics were bad because i love soulfly and i love max cavalera i love max max's work in sepultura i love uh nail bomb uh and even his later work so the lyrics just made sense to me as a kid because it was straightforward, unlike my own lyrics, which I should probably fix, but it was just straightforward, it's approachable, and it was just fun. It was fun to listen to. Like if you listen to the album, you'll hear like just energy from it. And I think this is after he left Sepultura and Nail Bomb. And that was kind of his big fuck you to everyone, which was pretty much how Serpent started. 
same backstory. And um, you could just feel that fucking aggression and just energy from the album. And not to mention, you know, um, I'm, I'm a Middle Eastern kid, so you hear all this tribal drums and just odd instruments like the berimbau, I think that's what you call it. Uh, shit like that, I've never heard before in metal. So I was hooked immediately, hooked. And then I started seeing, like I said earlier, you know, Max in all these magazines. And I realized like, oh, he's just like a, because keep in mind, I'm looking at Limbiscuit and Metallica and all these like nicely polished dudes and whatever. And I see Max at the time and he's just like grungy looking, camo everywhere, Brazilian flags everywhere, dreadlocks. And he was kind of a bigger dude, like not fat, but I'm saying like he's he's a big dude which something as a as a big kid um gave me hope you know like i was like whoa look at this guy he's cool as fuck and honestly like from there uh that album got me hooked and when i was at school i started diving in deeper so i would go on the computer at school and i became friends with most of my teachers to the point that any time we had downtime at school, I would be on the computer, uh, you know, on the Soulfly's website or whatever website, Blabbermouth, um, back then. And I would look at news and I was like, what is, what is Sepultura or what is Nail Bomb? And then I'm looking at like, you know, uh, what's that song? There's a song on the Soulfly record with Chino. And I was like, who's this guy? And then all of a sudden you start seeing Deftones in the magazines, uh, Fear Factory in the magazines, Slipknot and others. And I'm like, oh, I should fucking listen to these bands because if they're like Soulfly and they're in the same magazine, then I'll, I'll for sure like these bands. And it was, I think, the cover of Guitar One magazine where I saw a picture of Max with Dino Cazares from uh, Fear Factory, Asesino, Brujeria, bunch of bands, um, who's also a bigger dude. So again, I'm like, who is this guy? And I was like, I have to hear this. So then I check out Fear Factory's Obsolete uh, Sight Unseen. I think I used that word right. <laughs> I picked up Obsolete literally. I got my hands on it without even having to listen to a track. And I was blown away by what I heard. And I still listen to Obsolete to this day. My first show, I wore an Obsolete shirt with camo shorts playing a BC Rich Warlock. Like, I was, I idolized these guys. And, uh, you know, also, it, like, I, I call it the trifecta now. Like, as a kid, I idolized Max, I idolized Dino, and also Mick Thompson from Slipknot because he was another big dude, big scary dude. 
played a BC Rich Warlock, which Max also played at the time. I never really liked Dino's Ibanez uh, guitar. And, uh, but I gave him some slack because Resurrection off of Obsolete or Descent, fucking classics. But, um, so that album introduced me to Slipknot, Fear Factory, System of a Down, uh, Nail Bombs Point Blank, uh, Sepultura's Chaos AD, which, oddly enough, I fucked up and I remember, I remember the regret in my heart when I bought uh, Sepultura's Against album, which I think was Derek's first appearance with Sepultura, because I thought it was like the last Max album, and I was like, I have to hear it. And I bought it, and I was like, what is this? Which now, like, I'm like, dude, that was pretty sweet. I like Sepultura now, and I like old Sepultura, just like how I like old versions of current band like i don't give a fuck if i like a band i like a band okay fucking lay off <laughs> but it was then where i started hearing more thrash um i think i picked up slayers diabolus and musica uh because of the cover and because it was thrashy and then you know also deftones around the fur um Cradle of Filth's Cruelty and the Beast because it just looked scary and it was like everything my parents not to listen to told me not to listen to. And uh, honestly, like I started obviously going back to my friend and I started bragging like, yeah, but have you heard Fear Factory? He'd be like, yeah, duh, everyone's heard of Fear Factory. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'd always up the ante with him and that competition as a kid to like fit in uh really drove my fandom into extreme music and my loyalty towards these guys because i was like look at them they're doing it man like big dudes scary looking dudes like this is something you've never really seen before like obviously you would have your alternative looking guys you know like fuck even like jim morrison could be considered alternative like when he was like bigger but <clears throat> you know they were they were in the pocket so to speak like dino is a guitar player mick thompson is a guitar player max is a guitar player slash vocalist uh sounds familiar huh <laughs> all i need to do with serpents is fucking wear camo and i'll i'm out the prophecy will be fulfilled but um you know fast forward to today and this is why i said like this album changed my life like the latest serpents album temet no say i did the album with logan mater who as a kid i had the so i was okay let me backtrack real quick i'm sorry i know i'm all over the place but i'm excited so as a kid, I was not allowed to have any posters or anything on my wall. I was not allowed to have anything crazy or cool. But I was allowed one poster behind my door. And as a kid, I would go to Sam Goody. I would go to, I think, FYE or Tower. 
And I became friends with all of the, well, not all of them, but I became friends with a lot of the people that worked there. So every time I would come in, they would be like, yo, I got something for you. And I'm like a kid. And my mom would like be like, all right, we would go to the mall and she would be like, all right, I got to do some shopping, uh, you know, come with me. And I'm like, oh, can I go to Sam Goody or can I go to Tower? And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, don't ask me for nothing. <laughs> so what happened was, you know, I would go to Sam Goody and they'd be like, oh, have you heard of corn? Have you heard of spine shake? Have you heard of, you know, this and this and this? And I'm like, no. And they would play it for me. They would let me pre-order CDs and I would ask my mom like, hey, can I get this? And I didn't, I didn't ask for much as a kid. Just give me a cheeseburger and some good tunes and I was set. But at Sam Goody, they had one Soulfly poster and it was like a rare one. And it was basically just the logo and then a band picture. And one of those, the, the only poster I was allowed to get was that Soulfly poster. And oddly enough, later on in my life, just out of sheer coincidence, I ended up hitting up Logan Mater to work with me on the new Serpents album. And he did. And now... For the rest of my life, I could say that, you know, the power of manifestation is a real fucking thing, guys. That, like, I can't make this story up. And to drive it even further, for those of you that are like, yeah, you could easily, you know, hit up so-and-so to do a record as long as you pay them. I ended up playing shows with serpents with mark rizzo as the first serpents shows uh as a band again last year and for those of you that don't know mark rizzo is a nice guy but he's also the guitarist of soulfly currently and uh he used to be an il nino even though he probably wouldn't admit it <laughs> these days i talked to him about that it's kind of awkward but um, oddly enough, El Nino was another one of those, Hey, have you heard this? And I'm like, no. And I saw Christian shout out to Christian, Christian Machado. I think that's how you say his last name. I don't know. Nice guy. But he looked like Max. And I was like, I have to hear this. Go figure. Fucking, fucking Roadrunner, man. Cranking out the hits. Shout out to Typo Negative as well. But, um, so not only did Serpents work with Logan, we played our first shows back with Mark Rizzo. And honestly, and I've talked about this before, but the biggest proof of manifestation is Max changed my life. Uh, he influenced my sound, you know, tribal, metal, whatever. I mean, if you listen to Serpents, it's symphonic, yeah. But you do hear some of that Middle Eastern tribal sounds in there. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to Serpents. You will hear tribal drums underneath a lot of the tunes. But that's beside the point. Um, I forgot where I was. But anyways, 
later on in my life, I found out that Max became a big fan of my old band, Oceano, to the point where he named, you know, their second CD, the, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go into all that shit, but they named, he named, you know, the second Oceano album, like his favorite of the year, and he became a big fan, aka, you know, he's heard Depths, he's heard uh, the other one, and uh, that just blew my mind, and to drive it even further, I heard, I mean, I don't know, maybe you guys can confirm, because I haven't picked up the book, but I heard he talks about it in his book, My Bloody Roots, and I even confirmed with his son, Richie, you know, if, if the, if the hype was real and honestly, dude, like, uh, that was one of my biggest accomplishments is gaining Max as a fan because I was, I mean, probably one of his biggest fans as a kid. I had a picture that I printed out at school of Max in my little fucking wallet as a kid. I didn't have money. I didn't need a wallet, but I had a chain wallet and I had a picture of Max and a bunch of other shit in there. Dumb shit. But if that isn't an album that changes your life, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. But side note, I think another big accomplishment in my life personally was when I first started, whatever, gaining traction with the old band, uh, I was about 110 pounds bigger than I am now. So I was about 330 pounds when I was in the old band. And being a deathcore band, everybody, everybody looked like, you know, like Mitch, Mitch Lucker or Ali Sykes or, you know, Phil Bozeman, whatever. Shout out to all them. I mean, I don't know Ali, but obviously the other two. But obviously being a big guy all of my life, I've had opposition. I've literally had people from big labels tell me you will never be anything because you are fat. Literally verbatim i was told as we were coming up you guys yeah you guys are getting hype on myspace but you're not going to be anything because no one wants your picture on their wall and when i asked why he said you're fat and then fast forward literally a year later we were on the billboard charts touring the world and people all over the world would come up to me, mainly men, obviously, and tell me, you know, you're an inspiration to me as a guitarist because you give me hope. And I mean, honestly, just like hearing that out loud, just saying it really makes everything all worth it. And it would have never happened if it wasn't for 
the Soulfly record. And I hope, obviously, Max is doing his own thing and he likes all kinds of metal, but I hope that Max gives Serpents a chance um, along with whatever. I know Straight Line Stitch toured with Soulfly. Unfortunately, I wasn't in the band at the time. But, hey, you know, two two out of three ain't bad, so. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I don't know. I think that's a cool story. And also, I kind of needed the inspiration or the motivation myself right now. Amidst this craziness, I find it's very hard to, I don't know, be motivated enough to continue what I'm doing because... I don't know if you guys noticed, but the fucking whole music industry has stopped and um, people got shit to worry about. People got better things to worry about. So it was nice to even dive in to this little memory of mine and uh, share it with all of you. So I think that about wraps up this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, Next week, I believe we're going to be back with the lizard. And if you guys want to hear me with some guests, maybe maybe even shout out Max. I don't know. Shout out Max or Gloria. Tell them I'm singing their praises over here. Uh, I would love to start doing interviews with my friends or idols or whoever. So if you guys want that, uh, make sure to join the Facebook group and, uh, you know, sound off but uh, other than that being that serpents is a diy band and we have no sponsors for this show and being that we don't have a featured artist this week um follow serpents on instagram at serpents metal uh, facebook uh, dot com slash we are serpents twitter slash we are serpents YouTube, We Are Serpents, we have a brand new, well, it's been about a little bit, a month, a month old video uh, that still needs some love uh, for the lust of the lawless. Uh, If you guys really want merch, head to weareserpents.bandcamp.com, or if you're just overwhelmed with all these links, just head to weareserpents.com and get your pull. All right, guys, I'll see you guys next week. Stay safe. Stay sane and fucking stay metal. I love you guys.